It's time for the View in Your Mirror podcast. I'm Katie Harms, and along with Lisa Rubin, we help you check in and curate the best possible you and the best view in your mirror. We share tips, tricks, and strategies from our 35 plus years in our respective industries. We talk about your day from morning to night and everything in between. We share our uniqueness, relish in our shared experiences. Along the way, we share conversation with fabulous people who give us their own thought-provoking insights. So come along as we help you hone the best view in your mirror. It's Lisa. Katie, Katie, Katie. So we've both done some traveling, both to Canada. We're back. We're refreshed. We uh, both were in British Columbia, but not together and not in the same place. We were both in Canada. Is Banff not in British Columbia? No. It is not. Banff is in in Alberta. Alberta. That's right. So getting all the, you know, what do they call those? So British Columbia, Alberta, then there's a couple more. I'm just (laughs) my my Canadian uh, geography sucks is what I'm showing. Well, mine did too until I went there. And then I had to learn a little bit because when people were talking about different things, I was like, hmm. I don't want to feel so stupid. So then I started Googling and did a little bit of my homework. <laughs> well, I have been in the Banff Lake Louise area many years ago. Did you love it as much as I did? It was absolutely breathtaking. Yeah. Like every moment your eyeballs are just going, wow, 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 wow. And it's, it's incredible. I mean, there isn't an ugly space. No. We felt the same way. We were in Victoria, British Columbia, and the same way it was like, you can't, the beauty that surrounds you, the color that you are surrounded with. Did you ever realize there were so many colors of green? (laughs) I was going to say that too, Katie. Um, No, no, but the natural color of green. I mean, the, the pine trees, I don't know if you, where you were because it's more ocean. I didn't know if they had the pine. I mean, they're in- incredible. I I felt like I was like up north in Minnesota, but with mountains. Right, right. Yeah, the same. It's beautiful along. It's very natural along the ocean in the areas that we were just stunning and everything pretty neat and clean. I really was impressed. Yeah, I would say that. I mean, there was a lot of... Um, People, you know, that's really a ski town too, Banff. I found out that it's actually busier in the winter oh, than sure. the summer. Yeah. That I did not know. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so the people that live there are skiers and hikers. Yeah, that's actually. That's, that's why they live there. Right. And so um, it's good. The food was very good. Um, I, I, it was wonderful. I was, I really, truly relaxed, which is hard for me to do. <laughs> I'm so glad. And then you had to, then you had to come back to this podcast with me and I make you so relaxed. Getting yes, us always. Getting you make me noise. very relaxed. Yeah, so relaxing for you. <laughs> you, you bring out the best in my relaxation I, when it comes to podcasts. <laughs> I, just, I just want you exhausted by the time we get there. Yes. Well, talking about color, you have some thoughts on color. If you are fortunate enough to live in a world of color, it's, it's pretty amazing. And I don't know that we really give it enough 
thought as to what color means. That that was well said. I, I agree. I, I mean, we choose our color for our spaces that we live if we can. Um, we a lot of the time subconsciously choose the color and what we wear all the time. Um, and then we go out into the world and we see nature and we see color. And it would be interesting to talk to a lot of people to find out what colors do they gravitate towards, even in nature, you know, because for example, in Banff, there's all the green and the pine, but there's the mountains, you know, and then there's the water and there's the, the color of um, Lake Louise is blue. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to get into why. I mean, I learned about it, but it's blue. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's magnificent. So, you know, what does that do to our psyche? And, you know, why do artists paint and why do they choose the colors that they do? Well, we'll be able to ask our guests some of those uh-huh. questions because she just so happens to be an artist. We have Jody Hills, who is a Minnesota girl, although I don't think she considers herself that anymore. We'll have to see. She is an American artist living in France. And I honestly can't remember how I found her again, other than the fact that I had this little, what do you call these kind of books? These little- I I call them cocktail table books. Cocktail table books. They're tiny little, what, four inch by four inch books with, this one is called slap a little lipstick. Slap on a little lipstick, you'll be fine. And years ago, I bought this at a gift store because my mom used to say this to me and it just made me laugh when I saw it. So I had to have the book come to find out that this was actually, I think that's how it happened. You and I were talking about this book and this saying, and I looked and realized that she was originally from Alexandria, Minnesota. And so then I, of course, got on the internet and hunted her down (laughs) and she was lovely enough to agree to come on the podcast. So we're going to talk to her. She's done many of these books with really great messages. So we can get into that color conversation with her as well. But with you, I mean, you see clients all day long. So what do you, what are some of the takeaways that you have on color? Well, I have a lot, Katie, but (laughs) you have five minutes. (laughs) If you break it down, first of all, I always ask people, what are the colors that make you feel good? And what are the colors that don't make you feel good? Because I might look at them and see certain colors, but they have, everyone has a reason. Like I don't ever wear orange because my, you know, mother wore orange, blah, 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 blah. I never wear orange. That's just a small example. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, is depending on what they do for a living, I can help them with the color that they're going to wear or the patterns that they're going to wear for certain situations. If you're speaking to a large group of people, if you're interviewing, you know, all of these things, color plays a big role in that. And um, a couple examples would be obviously the blue, black, and grays. If you'll notice Men traditionally have worn only those colors and suits. For example, male, Rochester male, I don't know if it still happens, but they're only allowed to wear a gray or a blue suit, generally a gray. So if you think about, I know you go to male 
for checkups and things, they will always be wearing a gray suit. I don't know since COVID what has changed, but just now pay attention to that. Um, because, you know, those colors represent confidence, loyalty. You feel good when you're talking to someone that's wearing those colors. You feel like they know what they're talking about. If that same doctor would show up in a orange suit, a green suit, um, a bright blue suit, you might be very distracted by the color instead of what's coming out of his mouth. So though, that's just one little example of using color. Um, switching it like white, you know, when, when you saw, you see a lot of women wearing the all white suit now when they really wanna make a statement. Well, it also shows optimism and it shows empowerment, especially for women. I mean, a man isn't gonna show up in a white suit, but for women, that's, that became the new color for empowerment, optimism. And I think it does a really good job with that. That makes sense. And when you think about, again, going back to our doctors at Mayo, and a lot of them will be in white coats. Actually, when they you are not in white, coats. white they're only in white coats on procedures. I learned exactly. this. Exactly. They're only yes. in white coats for procedures. They're not, you never see docs walking around Mayo in their white coats. They're in gray suits. A white coat for many, many years, going back what? I don't even know, hundreds of years, hundred years, whatever. That's a uniform. Sure. You don't see a black coat. You don't see a red coat. You see a white coat, but it's a uniform, just like a police officer's uniform is right. generally black, blue. All right. Let's psychoanalyze me. <laughs> psychoanalyze you. Your favorite well, subject, I mean, psychoanalyze. No. I, I mean, you wear a lot of neutral. I do. And I wonder sometimes if that's because I am of larger stature. And so for me, I have like orange is one of my favorite colors to wear. And I actually do have some cute orange tops. Actually, I haven't worn them for a while, but you know, if the pair of white slacks and an orange top, especially with the tan, I just really like that look and it feels good. But from a general day today, I don't, if I go too bright, I don't feel comfortable. Cause you, well, so let's go back to the orange thing. Yeah. Because if you, if you look up orange, okay. Um, two words that come up a lot for orange is unique and exciting. You're both of those things, Katie. Thank you. So, you know, I mean, I guess but, I only am you, I only feel unique and exciting every once in a while. <laughs> but you are taller and you are bigger. So you feel like if you wear a bold color in the room, your people already notice you. So you don't want to be noticed anymore. That makes, if you want me to psychoanalyze you, that yeah. makes complete sense. Yeah. Um, you, you do like a pattern, but you're very careful how you pick your patterns. Because I noticed from helping you over the years, many of your patterns are in more neutral colors or black and white. Interesting. Never noticed that about myself. Well, go back and look in your closet. You'll notice the things that you like the most. Well, I know the thing you gravitate towards. I have a very neutral palette, very neutral. Yeah. And I mean, for myself, I wear a lot of black, always have. 
I feel comfortable in black. It makes me feel good. Colors for me are, I don't wear a lot of color myself. When you do though, it's really delightful. Yeah, but I'm careful. Like I, I'm not comfortable in something all in one bright color. Right. I'll wear gray, I'll wear black, I'll wear white. I will wear red at times. I'll pick and choose my red. But some people are like, for example, green. There's so many people that love green from army green to bright green. And green is really considered like a serene color. When you're around someone that has green on, they're not intimidating. They're easy to talk to. You're seeing so much more green now. Well, yeah, you're going to see a lot of green for this fall. Mm -hmm. So that's another one. And, And let's talk pink, right? Okay. Barbie movie, pink. You're going to see every shade of pink now for the next nine months in everything, right? And some people love pink. They embrace pink. But be careful where you wear the pink in work. If you're going to be in a board meeting or you're going to be with mostly men in the room, I would encourage you to not wear all pink. You could wear a little bit of pink, whether it be the blouse, but don't walk in wearing a hot pink dress if you're going to try to make a point in a boardroom. Is that simply because stereotypical of what pink is? Well, Pink represents femininity. And now it's going to represent Barbie, girly girl. I have to tell you something. One of the colors that my husband looks phenomenal in is pink. Yeah, but he's the man. Right. I know that. But when a man wears it, does that represent femininity? Or is that- You will not see a man in a professional setting who is there to be in an important meeting or make a point, probably in a pink shirt. Now, men look great in pink shirts, but they need to be very careful. They need to be very careful. I mean, for weddings, for social events, if you're meeting a client that you know very well, if you're traveling with a group of people or you're on a cruise and it's, you know, you have to have a suit or sport coat and tie or whatever it is, and you put pink on, fantastic. But just be careful where you wear the pink. That's all I'm saying. I'm mm-hmm. not saying not to wear pink. Pink is fabulous color for men and women. Yeah. I, my husband looks great in a pink shirt. Yeah. You just want to understand. On the golf course, they look great. On the golf course. Bright, they would look great. colors on the golf course. Yeah. A lot of fun. Yellow. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't look good in yellow because of their skin tone, but There are those that love yellow and look really good with yellow. And yellow really represents a happy, fun. It puts you kind of in a good mood if you see somebody in a yellow that looks good on them. And I mean, Katie, let's talk about that in your home, right? Yellows and golds and creams are really good colors for your space. Mm -hmm. It softens your space. Not a bright yellow, but you know, more like a gold. Right. Um, yeah. Depending on your, your palettes and, and then the mixing of those colors and setting the tone. You're, you're absolutely right. The colors make all the difference in how a room lives. Exactly. And then there's always red. I, I heard once years ago that you should always have a little bit of red in every room. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. 
don't have any red. <laughs> <laughs> I have a little bit of red, just a little bit. I have a lot of what I call persimmon. It's kind of an orangey right. color. That's actually one of my favorite colors. I don't wear it personally, but I have it in my house. I love that color. And I have it in a lot of my art. You know, if you notice art, in art, there's a lot of yellows and oranges and red. So I do have red in my house. It's in my art. Well, we're going to take a quick break, pay homage to Continental Diamonds, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk to Jody Hill. Stay tuned. Are you ready to elevate your jewelry and gift buying experience? Then you need Continental Diamond. Since 1981, Helene and Jimmy Pessis have been operating Continental Diamond. Their staff is highly trained, exceptional, and have been with them for many years, and they will help you find the exact right gift. For the past 13 years, Continental Diamond has been named Minnesota Bride's Best Jeweler. Beyond engagement rings, they have a large selection of fashion jewelry, timepieces, and they have one of the most experienced service departments around. You can visit them online at continentaldiamond.com. Go in and give yourself the gift of that experience. It's a special place located just 10 minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, right outside the West End. Plan your visit. Continental Diamond. Continentaldiamond.com. We are so excited to welcome Jody Hills to the podcast. And I'm just going to read you a little bit about what Jody writes. I'm an American artist and author now living, loving, and creating in the south of France. I started writing and painting when I was five years old. No matter what I was feeling, I would go into the room and put it down on paper, saving me from the darkest chimes and rejoicing in the brightest. So it's not what I do. It's who I am. Say moi. I don't know if I said that right. You're going to have to tell me. So... <laughs> And you go on to say, I won't clutter you with all the usual subjects, school, more school, moving, Minneapolis, Chicago, New York, selling, working, living as an artist. She has a daily blog and she, we're going to talk about what you love more if you're a painter who writes or a writer who paints. And the last part I want you to tell me because it talks about how you got to France and we want to know that. So <laughs> Jody Hills, welcome <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Bonjour, bonjour. It's so, I'm so happy to be with you. It's so fun. And it doesn't seem like we're far away. No, it doesn't. Well, and no. you you know all of Minnesota, I think, right? You were I do. You were born I, in Alexandria. Yes. So this is no everything that we're talking to you about. And Alexandria and Minneapolis, uh it's my heart still absolutely you don't leave that behind just because you're in another place I, I want to go everywhere and see everything but I carry you with me every day fantastic so you started your creativity clearly started at an early age and you yeah. must have had some very good modeling to be able to start writing and doing that. So I know you have, have and had a very close relationship with your mother. Yeah, it's, you know, it's funny. People always ask me, is your, was your mother an artist? And my answer is, well, she made me, that's, 
that's a work of art in itself, which started somewhere. <laughs> but she loved, she loved poetry. In my blog today, I just wrote about every night she tucked me in with Emily Dickinson. It, she loved poetry. We loved uh, shopping. We loved, she loved clothing and not, I mean, in the semi-tiny little vanity way, but she loved to create an outfit and no one cre could create um, something better than her. And I mean, from, you know, in times were hard when I was young and she was younger and it, she could make something out of nothing. And we, we took everything that she made from clothing to uh, just the smiles on her faces. So was she an artist? No, she didn't paint. She didn't draw. She didn't write. But she listened to me and she opened my heart. And everything that I felt was open, wide open, that it was okay to feel if you were happy or sad, like I said. And I guess that's what an artist needs. It nothing was wrong. Everything was possible. And what a tremendous you if you would have handed me all the the uh, paints and all the books and everything right into my hands, it wouldn't have been more of a gift as an artist than just allowing me to feel. And that's what she did. What was the question? <laughs> I think you nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> you nailed it. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, nailed it. You nailed it. Um, I don't even remember yeah. the question, but the answer was lovely. <laughs> that you know that used to happen to me all the time in college. I used to people would just all my classmates would get so frustrated. Um, because I would just be answering and talking and they're like, she's not even answering the right question. <laughs> and the professor would be like, it doesn't really matter. We're just, we're just talking. So that it might be the answer. Exactly. Okay. It, it was yeah. what you needed to say and it's what we got to hear. So where was college? I, um, I went to uh, the University of Minnesota. I'm a gopher. Fantastic. <laughs> I am a gopher. And yes, what, and try, and what was your degree? Um, I was an, an English major and an art minor. And of course I had no idea what what you do with that. I didn't know that I really wanted to teach. Um but it was the most glorious, eye-opening time of my life. I absolutely, I I loved it. I adored it. To to see that you had come from this tiny little town in Alexandria where you didn't tell people like, oh yes, what do you want to become? Well, you would never say um, a poet or an artist or you know writer of heavens what are you talking about um so to get to school and it's like oh sure all this is possible and they would write you know every paper you turned in again this idea of openness that i still have all my um papers that i wrote 
and the different teachers and um, one of them would, I started writing some personal things and I thought, oh, is this bad? And he's like, nothing can be too personal, nothing. You, the more personal you are, the more it will um, relate to everyone. If you try to relate to everyone, you close most of the people off. So I, that was the first part I learned where I just wrote every, every poem, every paper was just as personal as could be. And they allowed it and encouraged it. And it was very opening and glorious. And so then, so then, it, then what? <laughs> then what happened post you? So, so you got your degree, what did you do? So of course I went into advertising where all people go where they don't know what in the world would we do with you, possibly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in when I started in advertising, and I was again, I was in Minneapolis, but it was this was such a training ground because I thought, okay, if I can write about a toilet or if I can write about this you know, whatever the ad had to be or whatever had to create some world, if I can do that and something I don't even care about, how, what would I do if I wrote about something I really cared about? Um, so I, I worked in that and I learned, you know, I learned everything on the computer. I learned Photoshop and Illustrator and uh, InDesign and all the things, all the technical things that you know, we didn't really learn in college and how to do photo shoots. And so it just opened up a world plus all the magazines at that time. It was so wonderful. Um, shout out to some of our, uh, we worked with Minneapolis, St. Paul and Minnesota Monthly and Minnesota Monthly. I didn't even know if they're still around the yeah. magazine. They are, but they would, they, they would comp us for, maybe I shouldn't say that, but you would get like free hotels in, <laughs> in Chicago and you get to go and oh my gracious, my world just went from tiny little Alexandria, Minnesota, albeit the birthplace of America, as it <laughs> says so right on our Viking statue in Main <laughs> Street. Um, <laughs> um, and my world just flung wide open. So I was in that for um, several years, but then I just knew if I was going to do something, I had to try. And um, I, I wrote my first book. I, I started, I actually started before I even quit my job, I was selling to stores like uh, The Afternoon or the Bibolo shops. Do you remember Bibolo? Yes. Oh, oh, Bibolo. And yes, um, so I was doing that and orders started coming and coming. And then it was, they were coming, you know, from around uh, the US. So then it's like, oh, you should do the Minneapolis show. You should do the Chicago show oh, why not do New York? And it's like, well, of course not. Why would I not do that? And so I did, I just started doing all of them and I wasn't afraid of doing it because I was just doing it. And 
you know, when you think about it, you first go, I laugh about this because um, I just started TikTok. I'm so old to be on TikTok. <laughs> and I, I want to say I'm a sensation, um, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that it's really true yet. But I, people are like, oh, how did you get to TikTok? And it's like, how did I get to TikTok? It's like, okay, first I was just painting a few pictures and then people said, oh, you should sell your, your pictures. You should go here. And then it's like, oh, if you're going to sell the pictures then you got to do the prints. And if you're going to sell the prints, then you have to sell the cards and the magnets. And if you're going to sell the cards and the magnets, why don't you do a book? And you're doing a book and it's like, of course I can do a book. And you go to the publisher and it's like, well, can you illustrate? Of course I can illustrate. So you do the illustrations for the book and then you sell your original paintings and then you uh, get on this like well you should do a blog and you should do you know you have to write and make videos and then you have to be on TikTok and it's like oh I make TikTok videos now of course I do I don't know how I got here I fell in love and I moved to France and now I'm making TikTok videos <laughs> I'm exhausted I'm, just hearing that yeah I'm exhausted well, too well, I know. Try living in this brain for just a few minutes. It's like, of course, I have to be on TikTok because that I don't even know what it was. And now I am obsessed with that. Now I have to be a voiceover TikTok person. That's not even a thing, but I'm going to be. Somehow that may become a thing. Okay. So your, which was your first book? Cause I'm holding your book that really brought us to you, but this was many years ago. I'm going to tell you the story really quickly because this was bought at the okay. beautiful shot. This, that's <gasps> where I bought this. Uh, so to bring that all back into focus. But I, when I was, I don't know, it was uh 1999 and I ran a write-in campaign for mayor of Roseville lost by a very short, small margin, but I was doing a lot of campaigning and door knocking and things like that. And my mom and dad were on the campaign trail and helping and all of that. And at one point my mom said, honey, you got to put some lipstick on. You'll be fine. <laughs> put some lipstick on. So that's... And so then when I saw this book 10, 15 years later, I thought I got to have that book. And so this has been with me sitting in my office in various offices all over the place. And then when Lisa and I were talking about it, I don't know if she said, Katie, you need some lipstick or something like that. And I said, oh, I have to show you this book. And that's what got this. <laughs> so that's why we're talking to you today, that long roundabout story. But what was your first book? The first book um, was I Am Amazed. That was, oh, okay. Uh, and that... Um, I had no idea that, that was even going to be a book, but I think the thing that I'm most proud of is nothing is contrived or forced. Everything has come that's come out of me has come organically. And this was just after September uh, 11th, 2001. So it was, of course, to, I, it was a crazy, crazy time and it was sad and scary and, we're just begging for something normal. Um, and of course, uh, to include my mother, she she lived in Alexandria. I lived in Minneapolis. We would often meet in St. Cloud each an hour 
you know, to travel, you know, we didn't even know, does a person still go shopping? What do you do at, you know, you didn't know a week from now what was going to happen. And so we decided we needed some sort of normalcy. And we met at the Crossroads Mall in St. Cloud. And we had truly the most glorious day. And then we saw other people in the mall with families and kids and kids still were laughing and parents were still loving. And you know, the world was still happening. And I thought, I love this day. I love everything about this. And it really, I thought, this is really amazing. We're still going on. So in, of course, um, side note, being with my mother, it was always um, a little wine at perhaps Ciotti's and we looked better in our clothing that we bought. And of course, chocolate. And we always got my mother's favorite at the time was the big Hershey chocolate bars. So on the way home in the car, um, while I was driving, on the inside of the Hershey candy bar wrapper, I wrote, I started writing down all the things that amazed me because I thought this is, I have to keep track of this. To go on, we have to focus on the good. And I wrote down everything that I thought was amazing and forever. And I had a meeting with a book publisher at the time and I hadn't, I didn't have a book, which I find that delightful about me. Um, and so I went to meet with them and just as a thank you um, for letting them fumble along beside me. And if you know the book, that's part of the book, um, the fumbling along beside me. Um, and as a thank you to them, I read it to them. And after I was done reading this to them, this rough version, this poem, this thank you note, um, uh, the publisher said, that's going to be your first book and uh, you're going to do the illustrations. And I said, yes, yes, of course. And then immediately went home and called my mother and it's like, do I? I don't know if I know how to do illustrations. She's like, just do it, P-Brain. You can do it. And <laughs> so that was my first book. Yeah. So did you come up with the cover of that book because of what Everything. you wrote inside? No, I know you, yeah. you did it, but was it, yeah. is that how you kind of structured it in your mind is like, what is that book inside? And I'm going to make that the outside cover. Yeah, it, it was just to evoke a feeling of what I wanted is this pure joy and amazement. So all of the characters, I just wanted them to show a feeling of joy and release. That, and that's what I was feeling at the moment. And to describe the book cover, it's yellows and oranges and reds with a person outlined in tan and their heart very visibly shown as a beautiful red heart. It's, it's really, the cover just makes you smile. Oh, thank you. Yes, that's what I wanted. It's just because we all needed the whole country needed a, a, a breath, a relief, a, a sense of, of goodness, you know, that we would go on, we would, we would make it. And it, it struck a note, I think one of the, my favorite things, it struck a note through, especially through so many school districts. I had school 
schools around uh, the entire country, especially out on the East Coast, the New York schools would order them by the hundreds um, and give, they used it, uh, the chancellor of the schools used it as both an opening lesson plan for the teachers from her, she would read it to them, and then the teachers would incorporate it into the students. So that was my pride and joy for that book, that that's how it got through to so many through the community of the school districts. What a wonderful thing. What a wonderful legacy to have too. I want to talk more books. We want to find out how you got to France. Let's take a quick okay. <laughs> We'll be back to talk all of that. I know uh, we want to talk about how you uh, arrange your day. It sounds like every day is a little different. So uh, stay tuned. We are with Bridget Edwards from Sheer Brothers Custom Closets. Bridget, let's talk garages. What are you seeing in garage storage and organization? Garage storage is always nice. It's especially nice if you don't have a mudroom to store all those things like your kids' sporting equipment and boots and all those kinds of things that end up in the home. So we can outfit your garage with all kinds of different storage units and cabinets to keep your garage looking tidy and neat. We also do slat wall. We do workbenches. We do mega shelving, which really holds tons of weight and provides great storage for all those garage type things. And the mega shelving designed by Share Brothers by manufacturing and the depth options and length options are so incredible that you don't have a lot of dividers. So it's really easy to use. It's exactly that. It can pretty much hold anything or any weight. And I really do also like the idea of not having anxiety every time I drive into my garage and have to look at the mess. So this helps with that. What's the best way for people to initiate working with Shear Brothers? Call or you can go onto our website and from there a designer will be in touch with you and we'll get the process started. The website is sheerbrosclosets.com. Phone number is 763-531-7400. I would have to say that Sheer Brothers Custom Closets helps you get your zen on. Great way to put it. I love that. We are back with Jody Hills, our Minnesota girl moved to France. And we have to know, tell us the story of what brought you to France and when. Okay, it was 10 years ago. And I uh, was doing a show um, of paintings in Chicago. And I don't know, of course, you know, you're sending out all of the little messages to your friends and stuff. Oh, you should come and see me at the show or just putting it on Facebook. And I had an acquaintance um, from high school and she said, oh man, she was in France. And she's like, oh, you should do a show in France. And then I said, of course I should. Let's make that happen. And she's like, well, I only know two people and they're both named Dominique. And it's like, of course they are. And I said, well, are they in the uh, do they, are they artists or what are they? And she's like, no, but they're the only two people I know. So I was like, well, that seems like it should work. That should be fine. And so I emailed, I picked one Dominique. I went with the Orsolini and I emailed him and he was so kind and gracious and emailed back. And we just started emailing and then we sent pictures and then I, 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 it happened so fast. I was so falling in love. It, it was just ridiculous. I, I mean, 
I don't want to be all hopping on couches or anything weird like that, but <laughs> we, we just, um, we fell in, fell in love just talking. And he's like, well, I'm going to come. I was going to go back to Minneapolis and he said, well, I'll come, I'll come to see you in Minneapolis. And I thought, of course, of course you will, because who doesn't come on vacation from the south of France to Minneapolis? And did. What month? Yeah. Uh, this was a, his first one was a summer month. Uh. So, but, but wait, so he, he came and he spent like two weeks and then I had to go, he had to go back, obviously, and I had to go to New York. I was doing a show in New York. And then it was like a month later. I said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to come to, to France for a visit. He's like, yes, absolutely. So I, I signed up for three weeks and I didn't get on the plane uh, it was three months later, and then uh, it was just so natural. I don't know. I just fell in love. We came. I came back in. What was it? December or January? I don't remember. But it was forty below. And came back, and he loved me enough to stay and <laughs> help me pack when it was forty below, and we packed. Not everything I had, of course not. We packed very little of what I had and I moved to France and I, we got married. I never, I mean, we leave obviously, but I, I never left, left. It just felt natural. It's, it's so funny because I, it's not, I suppose it's not hysterical, but it is, uh, I was always the person I, I mean, I was engaged several times and I'd be like, oh, you know, I don't know. I found some reason to, but I was going to move to Chicago, get married and move to Chicago. I was like, oh, well, now I have to be in Chicago. I don't know, it seems so far. And then when it, when it was the <laughs> south of France, it's like, oh, that's fine. That's nothing. So it's, I guess it was just real. It was love and it was so simple. It was so I don't know. We just met, but because of art, I suppose. And one thing though, to meet, to really know, I sent him stories and everything that I've written. So he got to know, you know, my history before I even got there, before I got here. And yeah, it just, it was supposed to happen. It was okay. Oh, I forgot. This is a main part of the story. Too bad. We can't go back and edit we, on my initial email, so serendipitous, but I've never used this word before ever, I swear. And I said, oh, I, I hope our, our worlds collide and we get to meet someday. That was my first email to him. The first time he came to Minneapolis, we were, we went to the restaurant uh, just you know, um, oh, there's the bridge. You can see across the river. You can see uh, the Guthrie from there. It's in St. Anthony, Maine. In St. Anthony, yeah. Maine, that area. It yes, 
and we were sitting there and we had lunch and it was great and we were gonna walk out and I had to run into the bathroom and there was he was waiting for me and there was a little table of postcards and this is like the third second day he had been there and he's standing there like the Cheshire cat you know smiling and holding this card and it's like what's so funny on the postcard all it said was collide oh wow I know. So he's like, I guess it was supposed to happen. I'm like, we did collide. It did happen. So that's fantastic. So then did most of your books, I want to get back to your books because the message okay. of books, not that I, not that I don't want to celebrate no. because that's pretty no. and a big sure. part of your life since you're spending it in France yes. to the books, because the message in the books are what, what determined whether you wrote a book? I just, what, like I said before, I was constantly, I was always writing always. And in my artwork that I sold, it was always a mixture of what I was painting and writing. So it was a natural fit. And I had developed a good relationship with um, the publishers at that point. And when I got, um, the second one, just after I'm amazed, it was, you know, it was a way of looking out, but then I wanted to take a look inside. And so I went with the next one, which was believe. And, you know, there can be a million things that are amazing and wonderful, and that's great. And it was looking towards others. But this was more an internal thing that I believe in you. So you could give this to someone you did believe in. And perhaps that could have even been yourself if you needed it. So I did that one next. I don't, I'm very prolific in what I do. So the believe and amazed are, are a very strong unit you know, to give uh, together and they're in the same uh, style of illustration. So that was kind of a natural fit. I think the third, I can't remember. Uh, I think lipstick was next. Um, but that I had been writing all my life. That was so simple that when do you want me to tell you the story behind the lipstick yes um, my mother I was um when I give my presentation and I know this is only radio but um it is funny still I think I when I was um a young girl in high school I was having surgery on everything every joint that I have has been either uh, tied together, tucked together, sewn together. Um, I just had to have surgery on every joint. So when I, I would be sick and awful, and it was only my mother and I, and she had to take me everywhere we went. And I would be sick and rotten and we'd get home and she'd be like, well, I'm, I'm going to go to the mall. And I'd be like, but I don't look good. I don't feel good. I feel terrible. And she always would say, well, slap on a little lipstick. You'll be fine. And so I did. And I was and I am. But it was this idea that, you know, 
this is what we've got. You've got to make something of it. And so if it was a teensy bit shallow, who cared if it worked? And that's what we did. And But that's what my mother did. She didn't ever say, oh, poor you or oh, poor us or oh, poor this. It's like, well, let's get going. And if you want to miss out, you'll miss out. It's like, no, I don't want to. So I put on the lipstick and as bad as I felt, we went and we had some fun. So that book I had been writing really my whole life. And she had been saying it, I had been feeling it, I had been living it. It was so, it was such an easy thing. It just came out. That was just where we're we gonna put it in the rotation, basically. It, I, I knew it, I lived it. Cheers to our mothers. <laughs> really. I know, I know. Oh my goodness, is yeah. Yeah, the, the best, the best gift I've ever been given in this life. Mm, I think so too. So what, what, what's your day look like? You get up in the morning. What's your day look like? It's funny. Um, I have a mixture of, I have to have some real discipline, but then I have to have, um, a real open door adventure. So my morning time is my discipline time. And um, the, the morning I get up and I, since being in France, this is the greatest thing. I, I make the bread, I make the confiture, the jam, uh, uh, but, you know, I make it all fresh. So breakfast is my favorite time. We love the coffee. We love the toast and jam. It's fabulous. We solve all the world problems. And after breakfast, then um, I do my French lesson because I have to get I have to get fluent, fluent, fluent. And um, I do my French lesson and then I uh, write my blog every day. I haven't missed a day in almost a thousand days. Wow. Which, yeah, it's kind of a miracle but now it's not even a miracle anymore it's just it's 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 part of me it's who I am and I don't um I don't it's not like I'm writing notes all day long or doing something or I have a plan for the next day what it just it comes something happens something comes um I write the blog uh, put it with the artwork and then when I'm done with that, then I do my yoga. And now in the summertime, then I can go in the pool. So that's fantastic. And my morning time is kind of complete. And I stick to my routine and do it. But afternoon, it's anything. Anything goes. And that's my that's my favorite. I if I need if I want to paint, I paint. And I paint almost every day. Um but it's just about exploring because here we can go anywhere. You know, you can be in another country like you would be in South Dakota. And it, that's the fabulous thing about living here. You can, you know, go anywhere so easily. Um, so we explore. We, of course, there's, we have a lot of vineyards. We do partake in a little bit of wine at times. <laughs> How could you um, not? How could you not? You're living in the south of France. <laughs> it's nearly an obligation, a joyful yeah. obligation. <laughs> a 
a joyful obligation for sure. Let's talk a little bit. We opened the show. We we were talking color, how, how color influences our lives in so many ways and weigh in on that. I am, it is, it, if we, Dominique and I were just talking the other morning about, I, I am so moved by the different colors in our kitchen. The first thing I see when I walk in is the blue, I painted a blue calming uh, seascape. And every morning I walk into the kitchen and I see the blue and it's like, okay, we're starting off calm. It's calm. It, it's so centering. It's good. Then and sitting at the table, straight across in my view, I have a, a, a new little piece that I painted. And this is my palette now that I'm working in. It's, it's the natural, the, the greens and the taupes and the, the tans and the white and very earthy. And maybe, maybe I need that now, but that's the palette I'm in. The palette, I'm, it's so comforting. I want to live inside each tableau. It, this, these colors that just take my heart and just say, you know, it, it's, it's going to be okay. It is, it, it's going to be fine. I, I need to live there at this moment. And so I am living there when, um, and I've gone through the different periods as you see, like it, the books especially have their own color palettes, but you can use the color. Like I am amazed it, it needed joy and brightness and sunshine, everything that came from the sun, the reds, the yellows, the oranges, that was the hope we needed at the time. And I think I move in, in and out from the moods that I need. Right now, I need the comfort of just almost being swaddled and coddled. Um, probably, I, I hate to be too on the nose, but um, losing my mother not that long ago, I think that's the comfort where I need to live right now in, in that palette. And I dress in it, I paint in it, I, I live in it. And how powerful those colors can be it, it it's amazing each one is what i need it to be when i need comfort there it is when i need i'll be thinking one day i need a little splash it's i can step out of the comfort zone for a minute and i'll paint a yellow bird and it's like no oh, that was so cheerful i just needed that little shot of yellow and the little yellow that is my childhood bedroom that is my that is nothing but joy. That is nothing but waking up without a problem. And there's the sun. And that is that yellow. My color palette changes as needed. You know, it's it's like music. Sometimes, uh, sometimes you just need to rock and roll. Sometimes you just need the saddest song and need it to be sad with you. And you need the blues. You need uh, music is has the same uh, different variants of palettes as, as just the colors. And I don't know, I just find myself maneuvering through each one as needed. And my heart knows, my heart knows what I need. And I think it just tells my fingers, okay, that's where, where we have to go now. 
you seem to be so connected. Every part of you is connected. <laughs> and you talked earlier about your authentic self. That yeah. just comes through in the joy that you have when you're just describing. Um, and I love you. I love you. You will say, of course, that's that. You seem to not, <laughs> no, no doesn't seem to be in your vocabulary too much. I never went anywhere from no. I think um, the hardest things that I ever had to do were, were terrifying. Of course, they're terrifying. But just once you get past the yes, I'm going to do that, then you're just doing it. So if you can just get that out of the way, just agree, and then you're in it. That's, you know, was it scary to go to Chicago? Was it scary to go to New York? Was it scary to put your life out in, in paper and, and pencil daily to show your heart, to expose yourself? Yes, but that's the only way we ever get anything back that I can understand. Was it, people are like, how did you move to another country? Did you, I, you know, it was so, I said, yes, so easily, not because uh, it, it was just there. The, the answer was yes. I, I don't, and I, I can only follow my heart is the one with who's very agreeable. <laughs> and my my brain might at times say no, but my heart is like, oh yeah, we can we totally can do this. And I am grateful for it. I I follow it and I do it. It's you know what coming here, uh, it sounds ridiculous, probably because it is, but I, I we're driving along and you know, so in love, we're going from the airport to his house. And I'm, I noticed the billboards and I noticed, and I thought, oh yeah, you know, they speak French here. It's like, I, I didn't know <laughs> anything. It's like, oh, but had I stopped to think about all those things, had I stopped to think of how, and it's not, we laugh about it, but it's not, terribly difficult um, for to anyone who goes to another country to make that change to do something. This is not simple things. This is ongoing, 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 getting your visa, doing it again, taking tests, learning the language, learning the culture, doing everything. But, oh my goodness, without it, if you don't live, what are you going to write or paint about? Yeah. Well, and you seem to have clearly made your passion, your profession. You have seamlessly intertwined this, which is, you don't see that often. But you also found your calling at such a young age that you don't think about it as work. You don't think about it as that you have to get up and you, oh, I have to go to work today. It's part of who you are. Yes. I think I've never been trying to make a living, I've only been trying to make a life. And thank goodness I, I could do it. I feel grateful and happy and, and, and joyful that I, I can't understand a different way. It's, it seems like the only way. And maybe it comes from, I don't know, who knows, 
I started writing in the blog today that I told you my mom would um, tuck me in with a poem and I knew that she loved poetry. And there were so many difficulties going on in her life at that time. All I wanted to do, I saw how those words lifted her up. And I thought, what a powerful, beautiful thing. And that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to be a part of that. I thought it was so magical that you could take a picture or paint a picture with either words or paint and it could lift someone. And I thought, if I could do that, then I've done something. And I learned that from her out of need and want and joy. And what a gift. What a gift it is. And how do you not, as you say, how do you not say yes to that? Yes. Yes. People ask you, do you paint every day? Yes. Do you write every day? Yes. Do you feel everything? Yes, I have to feel everything because that's what I was supposed to do. That's beautiful. You know, I also want to make sure and let people know they, they need to go to your website because you also have these adorable aprons and little oh, yes. tote bags that have some of your sayings on them. And the obviously the art with the lemons is beautiful. There was one quote that I, I love. It says, on her way, she wasn't where she had been. She wasn't where she was going, but she was on her way. And that's kind of like what you're talking about, how you lived your life. That probably, yeah, we just put that on a tote bag. But this is, um, I, I had written that years ago because, again, that's what I was living. It's not, you never get you know, there's no finish line. It's just living. You, you wake up and it's like, okay, we get to do this again. And the beauty is you get to invent it again. And it's like, all right. I, when people, I, when I first got to friends, I wrote, I'm going to start, stop saying, I've never done that. I'm going to say, I haven't done that yet. Because everything I hadn't done, I didn't, I didn't cook or make, and, and now I'm making French dishes and it's something that I do. I, I don't say I never do that. It's just, I haven't done it yet. And when I can add that to the list, then I've done that. And I don't want to be done. I want to be on my way. So that's what better thing to, than to put that on a tote bag. And my publisher, by the way, wants to send you both, um, yes, um, an apron and a tote bag. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, oh, so remind, remind me later when you can give me all the details, not on air. So <laughs> you mean we should say it right on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. What we do want to say right on the podcast is what is your email? Or I'm not your uh, website. My website is jodyhills.com, J-O-D-I-H-I-L-L-S.com. I want to say something about it. When you go okay. to your website, all you do is smile. Oh, thank you. And, and I don't smile. <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm not a smiler. No. Um, but when no. I was reading all of your things, and it, it's very well done. 
it just puts a smile on your face, like a permanent oh. smile. So I encourage everybody to, to go through your website. Don't just look at it. Oh, thank you. Because you can go there. Um, you can get to my blogs. You can get to the original paintings. You can get to the cards and the prints and the books. And yeah, you can just take a deep dive. And and that's wonderful. I want you to feel. I want you to feel everything. I think that's and so. That's so. I think, and I think that's so not thought of and not talked about, especially in our American lives, when we're going through the process of working and, and our lives are full and busy and all of that. And really, isn't life just a series of adjustments? You know, what's so funny when, of course, when I was younger, I had groups of a lot of artistic friends and we were probably in their early 20s, either in college or just leaving. And, you know, we were always probably a bit European in the sense that thinking that life was more about not just working, but living. And you know, we were talking one evening and it's like, oh, wow, we could take two hours for lunch and we could, we could drink wine, you know, for every evening. <laughs> we could talk about things and we could really discuss them and do that. And that's, if we lived in Europe, that's what we would do. And we stopped and then we looked at each other and it's like, well, I guess we could do that here. And it's like, yeah, yeah, we could do that here. We can do all of that. We just have to, you know, take the time and figure out what's important. And we get so, um, I, I think we start living, well, this is what we do. This is what we've always done. This is what all my, all my neighbors do. This is everything. You go out there and take a, a few risks and a few different turns and a few... I mean, my goodness, this is what we get. This is the life we get. I, I am so conscious of, man, this is a gift that we're given. And I don't want to throw it at not a minute away. I feel really aware of time, not in a, uh, not in a super, you know, morbid or sad way, but a real grateful way that, oh, there's enough. We get another day. Fantastic. What are we going to do today? And let's just get all that sugar and caffeine in our system and see where the day leads. <laughs> oh. I love it. I have a silly question for you. All right. If, if you were a dog breed, what dog would you be? Oh my goodness. Of course I would. I want to be a greyhound because everybody wants to love and save them. Yet I'm really fast. So I could, but I'm not going, I'm going to be a rescued one. I don't race anymore. <laughs> no, but, um, but they'll take care of me because they love me because I am so different and weird and tall. And I want to be, I want to say, yeah as aspirational as it may be to want to be on TikTok, I want to be gangly as well. Gangly. <laughs> smooth. Oh my God, gangly. How tall are you? I'm 5'9". Almost 5'10". Okay. I'm a giant in France. Uh, yes. I, I'm just a giant. My feet feel like they're just clomping in front of me. And it's like, <laughs> I would... I would tip over if I didn't have, I need my size nine. I need them. 
when you go to the store and it's like, mm, yeah, that's too bad for you with your big footed American. <laughs> yes. No, no, I seriously, the first uh, gallery show I did in France, it was at a giant cathedral, which is fantastic. And um, that comes from the book, So I Made Lemonade, which really is a short glimpse version of my life. And I wanted my new family and the people to know this version of my life. So that was the story. And we filled the cathedral. And of course, every person that came there, I thought, my God, they're going to think I'm a giant. I was standing up in front and all the people that came to hug me, it's like, they're all like breast high. And I just, <laughs> it, it was just, and then they'd be like, I, I had the book. So they would be like, oh, we'll sit down and read it. And it's like, no, don't sit down. Don't sit down and read <laughs> Let me hold you. I'll hold you up and then I'll read it to you. No, but it's, yeah, I, you know, here, thank goodness the new generation is coming, but I am a giant here. Mm -hmm. I, I know that feeling. But, I am 5'11 with a size 11 foot. So uh, that's the size my mother had. And, <laughs> and look at what a queen she was. She was fantastic. So you right. can be proud of that. Oh, yeah. And, and you too. But I, and, and just my entire life be, being around you know, shorter people. Lisa is uh, vertically challenged. Yeah, I, sure. yeah, I'm I'm one of the short ones. But she's one of the okay. short ones. But but her personality is very large, so it all works out. <laughs> I'm just a little wallflower. I'm a little wallflower most of the time, so I don't know what balances. But no, well, oh my gosh, this has been incredible. We have to shift gears one last time before we say goodbye to. Sure. We want to talk about nonprofits. And your nonprofit has ties to Minnesota and ties to your giving spirit. So what did you choose for us? Through my publisher, I was delightfully introduced to a friend of theirs um, who unfortunately got colon cancer. Now, I have this same history in my family. My mother had that too. Um, so when they came to me, she wanted to start the foundation and they wanted to use something I had written years ago, um, which I pull up many times for many different reasons, but that was called Now is the Time for Guts and Grace. And so that's the tagline that they use for their foundation to for colon cancer research. So to be able to support that, to have a part of my mother, to have a part of my publisher, to have a part of Minneapolis, and we all need that from time to time. People can see that and go to support them. And if you can't at least support anyone in their struggle and with all the guts and grace that we can give to each other and ourselves. Thank you, Jody. Gutsandgrace.org is that website. And that I believe is through uh, M Health Fairview. So um, yes, what a wonderful, what a wonderful how confluence of everything came together and um, your willingness to, to give your gift to help. So we thank you so much for being with us. Jodyhills.com is your website. You are on Instagram, follow me on Instagram and 
now TikTok. And Facebook, Facebook and TikTok. Yes. And you can follow my blog. And yes, I, I am going to be a sensation on TikTok. I, I feel it. <laughs> Can't wait. I, and I, I feel like I wanted to say, I said yes to the TikTok, which it just saying the TikTok, it, it's like, okay, no one says that. That's like the Wi-Fi. Don't, don't say you're old. Stop saying that. No, it's delightful. <laughs> That's, I, I want you to come. I, we can stay forever. You can come uh, to the South of France whenever you want. Thank you. Well, you well, we may take you up on that. I'm sure we'll be back in that area um, for sure. Oh, you you have to. We'll go to Cote d'Azur. And uh, did you get that little, uh, the the pate that the first give you with that little, you put that little pinch of salt on the bread. Uh, it's so magnificent. It's like, I don't care if anything else comes besides this little bit of pate with this pinch of salt. I, I don't care. That's my life can just be done. Okay. Well, I'm now <laughs> salivating. So we're going to have to get back oh. there, but for now we have to say goodbye, but thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. And don't be afraid to smile, even though you're short, it's okay. There's joyful <laughs> things. <laughs> I, smile in, I smile in my head. I'm just not okay. outward smiling. We're okay, you there. smile, you smile, and you bring your big American feet, and we'll go walk the streets of <laughs> Thank you, Jody. Bravo. Thank you, Bizu. I give you the, I give you Thank the air kiss goodbye. Mercy. <laughs> She's delightful. She is. She is her own person. She is unique in every way, and uh, she brings such. I encourage everybody to really look at her website and she gives little blips about each book. And I think these books are so fabulous to give away as gifts to girlfriends or even at corporate events. Um, and you can pick what you want. Um, she's very talented. I agree. I agree. So, so glad our, our paths crossed so many years ago. And then again with you, it's like the weaving in and out and I'm glad she Agreed to come on with us. Really delightful. So as we wrap up, theviewinyourmirror.com is really the fastest way to get to all of our information. You'll get to a link to go directly to Lisa, a link to go directly to me if you want that. You'll get links to all of our past shows. Make sure you go on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. LinkedIn, we get a lot of traction on LinkedIn. Make sure you reach out if you have questions or ideas. We love to hear from you and we hope you felt the joy from this, this podcast. We really did. You are important to us. You are the whole reason why we do this podcast and it gives us great joy to know that you're listening and sharing this with all the people in your circles. So when you look in the mirror, know that you are the best and most unique version of yourself and the only one. And that is fantastic until next time. 